Anthony Rendon is a former fantasy baseball superstar, but can he return to that glory after two injury-plagued seasons? We'll discuss that and more on today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the fantasy Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we're your number one source of fantasy baseball knowledge. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. As always, I'm your host, Dominic Martino, here with my co-host and my brother, Matthew Ane. Yo, yo. You can find us on all social media platforms. Just search for Locked On Fantasy Baseball, and we'll be there. Please like, subscribe, comment especially on YouTube, because we love to talk fantasy baseball with you. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more and visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today. On today's podcast, we're talking about players you should target as one of your last pick in your upcoming fantasy baseball drafts. And we got a bunch of bunch of good names for you guys today. Some names have actually become, you know, uh, synonymous with this podcast in the sense of, you know, we have some certain guys that we love that we've been talking about. But stay tuned to the end because we got some new and fresh names as well that we want to speak about today. And uh, Matt, why don't you talk about our, our first guy here? Yeah, let's not bear lead here with Mr. Anthony Rendon. We all know Anthony Rendon is Mr. Flangey himself outside of outside of Mr. Alberto Montesi. Flangey's, if you don't know, if you're new to the podcast, it's just me calling him injury prone. It's just really funny. So, like, my guy is a flanges guy, Anthony Rendon. But at the same time, I mean, he has had a stellar career. You know, like, he has had, like, incredible seasons. In 2019, the guy had, I'm going to read it off here, 545 at-bats, 117 runs, 44 doubles, 44 doubles, <laughs> three triples, 34 home runs, 126 ribs. You know, he had five stolen bases, which is a little nice, and batted 319. The guy has it in him. He's done this multi multitude of times. He's a really good player. Problem is he just can't stay on the field. Since 2020, and 2020 was still a shortened season, that year he only, he only had 189 at-bats. That's not good. Then 2021, 217, and then last year, 166. So, like, the problem is, is he just his flange has just been super weak, and they're about to call a hospital wing the Rendon wing of, of flanges, you know, and it's just going to be a thing. But at the same time, you know, all the last three years, you had to pay a premium for him. You had to pay a top 100 pick for the guy that was pretty much going to come with a flangey's, you know, a flangey special uh, crutches or something of the sort to <laughs> to go with the draft pick. Right. Sorry, I'm getting so excited. I hit my computer. And, um, you know, now you're getting him at the reasonable cost of like three ninety nine. Right. He's the pick 224 overall, which is almost your last pick in the draft, depending on what your size of your benches are. And he's a third baseman with a ton of upside. You know, like, that's why we're talking about this, dude. There's a lot of upside. If he returns the form or even gets, like, 400 and change at-bats, the impact he can have on your fantasy season is limitless because the guy is still a good player, and he's on a good lineup. You know, he's on the Angels. He's got Tyler Ward. He's got Mike Trout, Shohei Otani. Like, those are three stellar names, and then you add Anthony Rendon to the freaking mix, and it's like, how you doing? 
you know, there, there could be some fantasy magic. And that's why Anthony Rendon, we've constantly said his name. And if you watch the last two mock draft episodes, he's been drafted on my team both times. Yeah, that's it. Man. I'm done. No, it's per- perfect. I can't add too much, except he's the 20th third baseman off the board. Pick 224 overall. The value there is absolutely insane. And what's the worst case scenario? You drop him if he's not doing well after the first month or so. And you just pick up the hot, you know, the hot hand off the waiver wire. I just want to point out um, Anthony Rendon from 2016 to 2019 over those four seasons. This is his average season. 146 games, 94 runs, 42 doubles, 26 bombs, 101 RBIs, 6 steals, and hitting 299. That's an average season from 2016 to 2019 for Anthony Rendon. Absolute stellar pick at 224, uh, 20th third baseman off the board. Um, I'm trying to grab Anthony Rendon in all of my drafts uh, You know this um, upcoming fantasy baseball season. With that being said, let's move on to our next guy, and that is uh, – Mr. Young Jock Peterson. Uh, he had finally had, you know, a, somewhat of a year that everyone's been, uh, you know, waiting on off of Jock Peterson. You know, he's getting a little bit older, but still, you know, I mean, he's a very, very consistent player in the sense of you, you kind of know what you're going to get with him. You're going to get a, kind of a mediocre bat, batting average, even though he did hit 274 last year. Kids got some pop. He had 23 home runs, even in San Francisco, not a great home run park. He had 70 RBIs, 57 runs. I and I played 134 games. I think he can improve upon those numbers. I think he found a home in San Francisco, especially when he's coming off the board at pick 247 overall, and he is the number 54 outfielder off the board. I think there's a lot of value in that in the sense of there's not a lot of great outfielders right now in fantasy drafts. I think after the top 35, it really kind of, kind of you know thins out. I just really like Jock Peterson uh, this season. Matt, I'll let you rant a little bit. I, I got to pull up my rankings here and see where I have a uh, Mr. Young Jock. Yeah, I mean, Jock is great. I mean, I think he's going to be, you know, good for the fantasy production, especially with Alfield being so slim this year. It's like slim pickings all around. I, You know what? I kind of called last year with him making the all-star team. He's my 29th outfielder this year. You know, like... Ooh, it, you got him higher than me. I have him at 38. Well, I mean, you know what it is, though. I mean, like... I like it though. I like it. Yeah, I mean, like he's solid. He's he can he can produce power. He can produce ribbies. He can produce runs. Like he's going to get you a two fifty. I mean, to be honest, if you look back at his career, anytime he's had a consistent over four hundred at bats, he batted in the two forty eight, two forty nine, and last yeah. year two seventy four. You know, all the other years he was dealing with being Dodgered where he's being platooned constantly and he couldn't get a rhythm. I feel like the Dodgers kind of ruined him because he was a high-end prospect being called up. Yes. I, I mean, like, when when, when I first started hearing his name, this kid can hit the ball out the park constantly, and the guy looks like he's on steroids because he's looking like freaking, you know, his arms are as big as my face. So, you <laughs> know, I think that he's going to be great, and I'm just pretty excited. Where do you have him ranked, by the way? I do have him ranked at number 38 overall at outfielder. And I just want to chime in one more thing about um, Young Jock before we move on. The thing with him is, is you know, he was in a, you know, on a new team last year. And if you guys listen to any episodes of, you know, Matt and I doing fantasy baseball podcast, guy on a, you know, new team first year, there's a lot of adjustments that come with that as far as, you know, where he, where, you know, getting a new house, new lifestyle, figuring out what your routine is on a day-to-day basis, you know, make sure your family's happy, make sure your kids are happy. And then once you get settled in, that like pressure kind of comes off your shoulder. Everyone kind of you know, wants to look at stats and have all that analysis. You got to remember, these guys are human beings too. 
you know, and, yeah. and just being a human being and adjusting to, you know, a new thing in life isn't always a very easy thing to do. So with that being said, let's move on to our next player. And Matt, you, you got to take the lead here. You have to. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's your boy. It's your boy. Yeah. So we're going to talk about my uh, one of my favorite prospects that's this year, and that's Mr. M- Miguel Vargas. Miguel actually, you know, I had a, we came out of nowhere almost in the minors and was kind of like just slaying it. And I was really impressed with that because he, he was just like, wow, like, look at this kid. And then he comes up and translates. I think his first first game, he had a, a home run, a ribby, a stolen base and batted like like 400. And, you know, you, you got to be impressed with that. And he continued to do that. But at the same time, I was just complaining about Jock Peterson. And he's on the he's on that same team at the time where you got Jod Dodgered and it platooned him. And then, you know, obviously his glove isn't up to snuff either. Hence why he didn't play. But at the same time, they couldn't let him get a rhythm, even though he was probably one of the better bats in that lineup at the time outside of like, you know, Mookie and and Turner. Freddie Freeman. And Freddie Freeman. Freeman. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I forgot about the great <laughs> Freddie Freeman. That's my bad. My That's bad. Your boy too. That's your boy, too. That's my other boy. Uh, you know, outside of that, he was stellar. And like, you know, like he would have been a great addition. But, you know. Dodgers, you know, they, they they play hard, they play heavy, and they're trying to win a championship every year. They're a great team. But, I mean, let's read what he did in the, in the minors, and hence why I have him as, like, my number 10th um, prospect on the year. Um, he had 438 bats in AAA. He had 100 runs. He had 32 doubles, four triples, 17 home runs, 82 ribbies, 16 stolen bases, he didn't strike out a whole bunch either. He had 76 strikeouts to 71 walks, and he batted a 304. And, I mean, to be honest, his OPS was even a 915. We don't talk about it all that often, but he's an OPS plus positive right there for OPS League. So, you know, it's something nice there too. I mean, the kid has all the talent in the world, and I think, you know, he showed in that short stint when he actually got a couple couple games in a row where he can build a rhythm that he's going to be he – could, he could handle the bigs. So – Let's just hope the only thing holding back Miguel is his defense. So we're hearing rumors he might play second. We're hearing rumors he might play first. He might play third. We don't know where he's going to be, but hopefully it's just a place that limits him half to showing his glove. Because <laughs> otherwise we're going to have a Reese Hoskins on our hand that's just great bat and great offense but terrible defense. And then with the Dodgers, though, they don't care. Like the Phillies, like they won't play him. So that's the only downside. But that's why he's the last pick of your draft. You know, you just scoop him up and see what happens. And in Dynasty Leagues, I'm definitely drafting him. Yeah, Miguel Vargas currently is coming off the board as the number 31 first baseman and pick 293 overall. So, I mean, that's that's an absolute bargain. I do want to preface this. He did have a hairline fracture in, um, I believe it was uh, his, pinky. his pinky, was it? Yeah, his, yeah, hairline fracture in the pinky. But the good news is that the Dodgers are saying that he could, you know, be out there. Um, when you guys are listening to this in their first, you know, spring training game, which is great news. That means, you know. He's recovering very quickly. You love to see that. You know, got the best of doctors in the world there and the Dodgers, I'm sure. And, you know, the kids hit over 300 in every season. You know, he's been in the minors. Uh, as Matt mentioned, he's – their Dodgers came out and said they want to give him the job at second base, so he'll pick up second base eligibility fairly quickly. Second base is not, you know, a, a, a position with a lot of players uh, that are good for fantasy baseball. And the thing with Miguel Vargas is also – uh, I currently have him as my number 15 first baseman. He's just been creeping up my, you know, my uh, rankings there at first base very, very quickly. I absolutely love Vargas. You know, Matt really has turned me on to him, and I've become a big, big fan of his. With that being said, though, 
you know, if you guys are like me, you have a full-time job, you like to hit the gym sometimes, you need a quick snack that isn't too high on calories, but also tastes great, you've got to try Built Bar. I'm not sure how Built Bar does it, but these bars taste delicious while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better is that they're healthy for you. Built Bars only have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. You know, if you're in the gym, you're trying to put on a little muscle, got to get that protein in, you got to have yourself a couple Built Bars. They also come in unbelievable flavors like cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And guess what? Now you don't even have to wait around to get a bar. Because for years, we've been talking about only being able to order your Built Bars at Built.com. But guess what? Now you can walk into your local Walmart or Sam's Club and get you a box or two or three or four. So next up, we got a couple of starting pitchers here. You know, we talked about a couple of bats, talked about a couple of starting pitchers. You know, I mean, two of these guys have kind of once again have become uh, darlings here at Locked On Fantasy Baseball. And, Matt, I think I'll take mine and let you take yours. And then the third one, we'll, we'll throw it up in the air. So uh, I got to talk about Michael Kopech, right? Uh, now, Michael Kopech last year, I, I don't understand what the hate is for. I, it might be that knee injury that he had towards the end of the year, you know, that kind of limited, you know, uh, what he what he was doing. But listen, you know, Kopech was coming off a year in 2021 where he, you know, did a lot of, you know, out of the bullpen. He only had four starts, 44 appearances in 2021. But, you know, 69 innings. Last year, he built up to 119 innings, and he still had a very, very good year last year, Kopech. Uh, as a 26-year-old Kopech, wins weren't there. He was only five wins to nine losses. But guess what? He had a 3-5-4 ERA, 119 innings, 105 Ks, and the whip was stellar, too, at a 1-1-9. You know, so he had a pretty solid season. People forget, Kopech's only going to be 27 years old this year. He still throws absolute gas. His uh, fastball's around, you know, 96 miles an hour consistently. And I just think he still has all that upside. He was a very high-end prospect. I don't understand why everybody is out on him. I think he could build up to 150, 160 innings this year. And if he returns to that form that, you know, he, he had as a prospect and he had in 2021, I think the K per nine comes back. Uh, Kopech is coming off the board right now as the 77th starting pitcher, picked 272 overall. Uh, that's just absolutely crazy to me. I currently have Kopech ranked. I have Kopech ranked at 47. And I, I once again, if you can get him 30 starting pitchers later than where I have him, I mean, uh, he's absolutely going to be one of the best picks late in your fantasy baseball drafts. Yeah. I mean, Kopech is phenomenal. We keep talking about him. Things that the reason why I think people hate on him too is because everybody kind of forgot about him because in 18 he was probably going to get the call up, but then he had TJ in the minors. That set him back. Didn't play all of 19. And then COVID happened, so he opted out. Then on top of that, I mean, then you're coming back. You haven't heard about the kid in like three years. He comes out of nowhere in 2021 and kind of lights up the world a little bit in the minors, getting back on track with baseball. And gets the call up and then 2022 he does this thing but then gets hurt again so he almost has the flanges tag on him so it's like i understand why and it's like oh my god like why this kid but here's the same thing when it comes to pitchers and young pitchers you know you kind of got to look at it this way he's had a lot of rest after the tj he's also 27 usually pitchers get better as they get older because they're not playing checkers here they don't have to just go out there and swing a bat and throw a ball a ball to a base you know it's like a chess match out there. So they get wiser and better as they get older. It's not like with bats where the bat speed starts losing stuff and everything. They get better with age. So I think this kid's now has all this baseball 
maturity, and I think he can only get better from here. Let's move on here to my other guy here. That's Mr. Jack Flaherty. I love Mr. Little Jack here. Well, Little Jack is what we call him, or Jack Jack, or Jackety Jack Jack, whatever the hell I feel like calling him in the moment. But, you know, the guy's been playing with a torn shoulder for God knows how, how long, and he's been great playing with it. Last year, it did sideline him for the first half of the season. He only did manage to get 36 innings in, and he didn't perform well. But you know what? Coming back from a shoulder injury, I expected the control to be off. I expected him to just want to strike out everybody under the sun and then, you know, just whatever, just get back in the groove. His his whip was atrocious, too. He had a 4.97, and his ERA was a 4.25. So, I mean, hey, it just wasn't a promising season. 2021, he had an injury-prone season, too. He dealt with that injury, but... He was having a good season, even with the torn shoulder again. He had a 3-2-2 ERA, and in 78 innings, he had 85 strikeouts. And, I mean, the sky's the limit for this kid because back in 2019, when he first broke out, he had 196 innings, 231 Ks, and he had a 2-7-5 ERA. He had a magical second half, and the kid just went outrageous. I think he returned to form. He's a young kid. He's what? Like, <laughs> He's 27 years old again, same age as Kopech. And I think that, you know what, if and here's where I'm going to bring it together with the two of them, I think if they both came up at the same time, we'd be talking to both of them the same way, just injury prone guys that are just ready to take that step forward. Hopefully they can get a full season behind them and just be boom. Yeah, Matt. Uh, I think it's just, it's a matter of if Jack Flaherty is healthy, pretty much. If Jack Flaherty is healthy and he's out there and he's pitching, I think he definitely has, Top top twenty five potential, you know. And the thing is, uh, let's do this. Even with a couple of bad years mixed in there, let's talk about Jack Flaherty from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty two. So during that time, Jack Flaherty had twenty six wins, fourteen losses, three two six ERA, sixty five starts, three hundred fifty one innings, three hundred ninety eight Ks, and a one oh eight WHIP. So even with a couple of bad seasons mixed in there, those numbers still look fantastic. Also, I think it's. I think it's a pitch mix issue. I think he needs to, you know, find that that pitch mix that he had going in 2019. Well, he only has uh, two pitches. Know, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, does now, he? I have to look. He's just starting to develop a third one, but he didn't. He only for for the for that season where he had, um, you know, that crazy 231. He only had a fastball and I believe a slider. Uh, yeah. No, he um. He throws a curveball as well. Now, now he has he, he has a couple other pictures. It's it's a matter of you know he doesn't throw them as much. I think he needs to lay off that fastball a little bit. The velocity is you know isn't isn't a, a, a blow you away type of velocity. So maybe cut back on that fastball a little bit. Mix in that you know that that good slider and the, the I don't know if the how could the curveball is. I have to do a little more research. Maybe you know get that curveball in there a little bit more. Keep batters off their toes and just come in with the fastball when he truly needs to. But once again, this kid has shown so much potential in, you know, in 2019. And uh, he had a great, uh, you know, solid 2021 while he was healthy. I just think it's a matter of him, you know, figuring things out. I currently have Jack Flaherty as my number 50 overall starting pitcher. And he's coming off the board as the number 61 overall pitcher at pick 217. I think he's, uh, you know, somebody you can go out there and grab at the end of your draft and feel very confident about it as long as he's on the field. So here's my thing. I just want to, one last point on him. Of course. So, in 2019, the reason why I said he only had two pitches because he threw his four-seamer fastball 1,476 times and his slider 876 times. And then yeah. and then the sinker, curveball, and changeup. Changeup was only thrown 64 times. The other two pitches were only thrown in the 300s. So when yeah. I say he has two pitches, he really only did have two pitches that he felt comfortable throwing frequent enough. 
you know, it's not like he didn't have other in the arsenal. It's not like things changed as he progressed. He really still does rely on that fastball and that slider. Like there's nothing really out there besides that for him, but hopefully he can work that in this new year. But, you know, I think we've had enough of Jack Flaherty. And with that being said, we do have we do have our friend Lindsay to talk about. We've heard him talk about us talk about him for the last month. He, he's on the prospect um, uh, on the he has his own show called Locked On Prospects. You guys, encyclopedia of just knowledge on these prospects, giving you deep insight and takes on all these guys that can really help you up your fantasy game and know who's going to be called up, how to get who to pick in your dynasty leagues and things like this, or just hey, you're a fan and you just want to know about your team's prospect. He's the guy to listen to. So, you know, again, check out MLB Locked On Prospects and, you know, check out Lindsay. He's a great dude and a great podcast. And after Lindsay, you got to check out this next sponsor we got here. Here at Locked On, we're super excited about our new sports betting partner, FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here now, and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your bet doesn't first bet doesn't win. Just download FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can uh, bet on everything from money line, points scored, and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel is even lets you combine bets for a chance for a bigger payout and same-game parlay. So don't miss out on your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 of bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Man, I read through that fast. But <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> now, you can take this guy if you like. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Trevor Rogers, guys. Trevor Rogers is somebody who came out and had a monster rookie year. And the thing with Trevor Rogers is, is you know, everyone – he was being drafted super, super high coming into last year, and he kind of got off to a bad start, and it kind of just really, really shook him. You know, he was an all-star back in 2021, so I'm going to read you those stats. Uh, 2021, Trevor Rogers went seven wins, eight losses, 2.64 ERA, 25 games started, 133 innings, 157 Ks, and a 115 whip. He actually came in second of Rookie of the Year voting that year. And right now, Trevor Rogers coming off the board as uh, you know the 83rd starting pitcher, pick 287 overall. I think that's super, super low. I currently have Trevor Rogers my 66th starting pitcher. I could even see that moving up if he comes out in spring training and he looks great. So last year, you know, he uh, he was doing very bad. He got hurt. He went down to the minors, and you know when he came back up, he actually had a very, very good uh, little streak here. And I want to highlight that for us. If you just give me a second, I will give you those numbers. Uh, so let's do it like this. Let's see how this looks. So Trevor Rogers. Oh, okay. Now that does not look so good. So let's take that start <laughs> out and let's do it from here. Yeah. No, he had a he had a start where he gave up six earned runs against. Uh, yeah. Actually, it was it was at Cincinnati, so that's a tough park to pitch in. So we're gonna we're gonna take that one out and we're just gonna do his uh his last I believe it was last four starts. So Trevor Rogers' last four starts from August 31st to September 17th. He went 19 innings. He had 23 strikeouts, 372 ERA, but it was a 337 FIP. And batters only hit 233 against him. And he looked a lot more like uh, you know, the Trevor Rogers of old, you know, that almost one rookie of the year. And I think he's just somebody that you can get super, super late, probably a last starting pitcher in all of your drafts. And once again, you know, as we're saying about a lot of these guys since they're going so late, what's the worst case scenario? They don't pan out. You drop them and then you move on. 
But I think Trevor Rogers is somebody that has a lot, a lot of upside, and you could feel very good about getting him as one of your last starting pitchers, if not your last. Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of Rogers. I thought he was a great prospect. I thought that 2021, he really was just gonna after 2021, he was gonna break out. Last year, I drafted him everywhere. You know, I traded for him last year if you followed us, and I thought I was a genius, and it flopped in my face. <laughs> but I think he was dealing with some stuff last year, and I think that you know. Hopefully he can course correct. You know, I'm not saying go draft them higher than pick 287. I'm saying draft them your last pick. I think that you won't regret it. And I mean, it's actually kind of just a dart throw. That's essentially what all these guys are: is you throwing, throwing crap, crap against the uh, at the fantasy and with sticks. So you know, it's it, let's see what happens here. But let's read off what he did in 2021. Right? It was only his second year in the bigs, too. Just I might add, because the season before only had eight innings pitched in the in the bigs. Um, so. In 2021, he had 133 innings. He had 157 strikeouts, and he had an ERA of 264 with a WHIP of 115. Now, if that wasn't somebody that was on the verge of a breakout at a young age, what else is? You can't ask for more as a as a pitcher as a first big year in the bigs, right? I talk about what McClanahan did. I talk about what Gilly Gilly did. I talk about what um, Hunter Green did. Lodolo, right? That's all stepping stones of what could have been and what I think all those guys are going to do this year, right? So how can I say that, like, you know, Trevor Rogers is done, he's washed, he's this, he's that. No. You know what? I think something went down, something went wrong. And for the last pick of the draft, I'm taking that shot. And yes, sir. the upside is what? A top 24 pitcher at your last pick of the draft? If not, drop him and say, see you later. But it costs you free ninety nine. But let's move on. So funny enough, I'm kind of glad you put this guy on on here, and that's Mr. Cody Senga. I had a we had a fan ask um, in YouTube the other day today actually about him, and I'm glad we get to talk about him. Hope you listen to the podcast, and now we're going to give you a little bit more of a deep dive. Um, Cody Senga is interesting, right? He's coming over from Japan this year. It's the first time really pitching with like you know American talent, which is a big difference from the J- Japanese league. Even though Japanese league is pretty competitive. Um, you know, it just, we don't know much about this guy other than the guy could throw, I guess, heat. Um, one thing I could say is the fact that he's going to be on the Mets is a safe pick for me. He's one of the few guys I'm going to draft. Actually, he's the only Japanese guy coming in the league this year. I'm probably going to draft because one, he's in a protective ballpark. It's one of the best parks to pitch in two. There's a great field behind him and three, you're getting him at free 99. He's the 84th starting pitcher coming off the board. So he's going to be, what, your pitcher seven in most leagues? I mean, the upside there is just as great as um, as Trevor Rogers, and we don't know what he can do. And, shoot, he could be the next hair shoot at Tanaka, and we could be smiling ear to ear off this pick. So let's see what happens. He's the only one I'm going to draft, though, out of all the Japanese guys, just saying. So that's really where I'm at. Matt, was that was that Masahiro Tanaka? Yeah, is that, is that what you said there? Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Thank you. So, uh, can't you know, speak, can't uh, talk, yeah. can't write. You know? <laughs> it's all right, it's all right. I just wasn't sure if that's what you said. I sometimes, guys, my internet's not always the best over here, so it breaks up a little bit. I just wasn't sure if that, yeah, but no, Tanaka obviously I is said Tarashita. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tanaka's kind of like the gold standard of pitchers coming over from you know Japan or Asia in general that, um, you know you'd want to see somebody like them. And if anyone could do that, it would be Kodai Senga. So as a 29-year-old last year, Kodai Senga 
had uh, 11 wins, six losses, a 1.89 ERA, 148 innings, 159 Ks, and a 104 WHIP. The guy's just been absolutely stellar over 11 seasons in you know the Japanese league, and I think he can come here and over here and do the same. And I'll tell you this: so I was watching uh, some highlights today from you know um, from camps, and they had Senga pitching to Pete Alonso, and he struck Pete Alonso out. And they spoke to Pete Alonso after, and they were like, Pete, what's that pitch that Senga's throwing that, you know, and, and Pete Alonso's like, I, I don't know. I think he's calling it like a, a, a ghost fork ball or something. And he's like, I had no idea the movement. He goes, I couldn't time it up or anything like that. He goes, I'd never seen a pitch like that. And then, you know, uh, Senga doesn't necessarily speak uh, great English yet, so they had his translator talking to him, and they told him what Pete said, and he just laughed, and he goes, that's the ghost. So, I mean, like, the guy has the personality, he has the talent, and I, I want to preface this again. I've said this when we talked about Sango before. I think Sango's going to come out first two months, going to have a sub-2 ERA, he's going to be striking everybody out, but that's when, if you draft him, I would sell. I would sell while he's hot, because then the whole thing is they're going to have tape. They're going to, you know, they're going to, the, the best players are going to be talking to one another, and be like, okay, this is the, the, the ghost fork is similar to so-and-so slider or so-and-so's curveball. And they're going to figure out how to time it up. Not saying that he can't still stay out there and dominate, but if the the ERA is crazy low, the strikeouts are crazy high, the whip is super low, that's your time to trade him. Go get the house for him and just just reap the rewards because the second half might not be as strong as he gets figured out. Not saying he can't adjust back, but I, that that's personally what I would do with uh, Kodai Senga. Solid. Yeah, so let's move on here. You know, uh, let's talk about a Yankee. You know, uh, I don't know. How, I feel like we haven't been talking about enough Yankees here on the podcast of late. But let's talk about Domingo Armand. I actually, I, I probably should have worn my Domingo Armand jersey. Uh, you know, I've been, uh, my jersey my jersey game has been slacking. I don't know why I got the Jack Leiter one on today. Uh, the Vanderbilt Jack Leiter, in case anyone hasn't noticed, you know. But uh, let's talk about Domingo Armand. Domingo Armand last year, finally, as a 29-year-old, had the year that I know I've personally been waiting on. Yankee fans have been waiting on. He didn't pitch a lot of innings, but, you know, two wins, five losses, that's definitely going to improve. Don't forget, Frankie Montas is out of the Yankees lineup probably all season. Gives Domingo, Herman, you know, a chance to sneak in. No more Jamison Tyre, no more Jordan Montgomery. So the room for him to get, you know, 30 starts is there if he does his thing. So last year, Domingo Herman, once again, 3-6-1 ERA, 72 innings, 58 Ks, and he had a 1-1-6 whip. He's actually been a very, very stellar whip guy the last three years. In 2021, 118 whip, and in 2019, a 114 whip. So I think the whip is going to be there. I think the wins are going to be there. And, you know, throughout his career, he's over a K per nine. Uh, he's a 413 innings in his career, uh, 429 strikeouts. So he could potentially be a K per nine guy as well. Domingo Ramon's coming off the board. Pitcher, starting pitcher, 120, pick 366 overall. I have Domingo Ramon uh, at 75 in my starting pitcher rankings. I think, once again, if you're looking for a starting pitcher at the end of your drafts, absolutely take Domingo Ramon and, and just and uh, and kill it. You know, he's he's going to have – I think he's going to have a solid year. And, uh, I mean, Ramon, you know, he doesn't have the, the greatest um, – how do I put this? Um, backstory or likable personality because he's kind of a dirtbag. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is. That's true. But he's great for fantasy, and we don't judge people based off of that for this kind of industry. We just kind of roll with it. Um, so last pick of the draft, we see what happens. I think that Erman is an option that we should we, we should all consider and pick at the last one of our last picks of the draft. Especially like you know you're you're going into twelve mans, your fifteen man leagues, and you know 
pitching gets real, real, real tight at the end of the draft, especially if you went heavy on the bats. So like, there's a lot of upside to be had with him, especially with that Yankee lineup behind him. So like, I would scoop him up and, you know, might as well see what happens. And also too, as we get into draft season, we do our big draft tips episode. You'll learn that Dom and I generally, when we draft and by watching our mock drafts, most of our bench, like predominantly of our bench will consist of pitchers and only have like two, two, uh, two bats out of five bench spots or out of seven, we'll have three bats out of seven. So like we're big on the heavy deep pitching because we know the value of it and we know who to pick late in drafts, even when it is getting thin. So just listen on out. And this is one of those guys that we're just going to be scooping up and, you know, just sitting there celebrating fantasy victory. But Dom, I'm going to let you take this last guy. Real quick, I, I do want to expand on what you said because it's it's actually a great point. So the first thing is is know your league, guys. You know, Matt and I, like I said, we play in a lot of five by five head to head category leagues or roto leagues. And the thing in those leagues is your bats can't play every day. You can't play all your bats every day. So if you have five bench spots, you can't you you know you can you can't play all of them every day. With your starting pitchers, you can switch them in and out as the days they pitch. So it's more valuable to have a lot of starting pitchers versus a lot of bats. And, you know, just wanted to chime in and say that's a great point by Matt, and that's definitely something you should, you know, know your league. And if that strategy applies, definitely implement it. Our last guy here, though, is somebody that I don't think gets talked about enough, and that's Randall Gritchick of the Colorado Rockies. He's so consistent, man. He's just a very, very consistent guy. Uh, the batting average isn't going to be great, but he did hit two fifty nine last year in his first year's in, year in course. I think that can go up. You know, he always gives you about 20-plus bombs. Uh, you know, last year he had 73 RBIs and 60 runs, played 140 games. And in Coors, you know, first year there last year, second th- second year there this year, I think he can improve upon that. And outfield is very thin. So if you can get him as number 73 outfielder, pick 304, I think that's a bargain. I currently have him as my 45th outfielder. I just think Randall Gritchick is somebody that, you know, you should be looking at late in your drafts. He's been a 30-plus home run guy before. I The counting stats might not be great there in Colorado, but he could be plus power, give you a decent batting average, you know, even chipped in four steals last year. But once again, the value's there. If you play in a five-outfielder league and you get him as your fifth outfielder, I think that's great value. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you pretty much covered him there. I'm, I mean, last pick of the draft, I mean, he's at least worth a dart throw. Um, yeah, yeah. Coors is always a bonus, but I, you know, other than that, I really don't got much to say. I don't want you to just wrap this up, bad boy. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, Matt. Uh, so guys, that's all for today. Please be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review. Check out our website. We have all of our rankings there. We have a little bit about us. You get access to all of our episodes on there. And, uh, you know, thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. If you like what we do, uh, our partner, Lindsey Crosby, host Locked on MLB Prospects. You got to go give him a subscribe, a comment, a like, all that stuff that you do for us, which is always truly appreciated. Lindsey Crosby was on our Top Prospect episode. Go check that one out, our Top 1 through 10 Prospects for the fantasy baseball season. Guy's an encyclopedia of uh, prospect knowledge. He will definitely help you learn the prospects you need to know for this upcoming fantasy baseball season and guys we will be back on monday continuing our mock draft monday series i know you guys have been loving that one uh matt and i are uh, matt are we teaming up again for that one we're gonna team up yeah i would say so yeah so matt and i are gonna team up again like last time or we're gonna do another you know another mock draft for you guys but guys and uh and oh also real quick something that's super exciting we're finally gonna get into our positional rankings 
uh, next week as well. It's going to be super fun. We're going to give you guys some good coverage on, you know, all of the positions, break them down very thoroughly. So make sure you look out for those episodes. But guys, until then, peace. Is your wallet a little lighter than usual after the holiday season? Consider it money well spent because you deserve to live your best life. And the Chime Checking Account wants to help you live yours to the fullest. A little extra money goes a long way, which is why the Chime Checking Account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and access to over 60,000 easy-to-find and fee-free ATMs. You even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go, including sending and receiving money fee-free with friends that aren't even on Chime. Sign up for Chime today for you and your wallet. Get started at Chime.com slash Goals24. That's Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply.